0: Hello I'm Derek Walker the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church and we are in this series on the book of Revelation getting close to the end now and today we're in Revelation chapter 20 last time we saw the second coming of Christ in Revelation 19 and then Revelation 20 describes Jesus now establishing his kingdom on earth and this kingdom will last for a thousand years. How do we know that? Well, because Revelation 20 tells us six times that uh, uh, it's going to be for a thousand years, and uh, that's why it's called the millennium. And, uh, and so if, if Revelation 20 says it six times, I think it means what it says, it will be a thousand years. And actually, because a day with the Lord is a thousand years, the blueprint of history is the creation week, and there's the six days, and then the seventh day of rest after which all our weeks are modelled. And this is a picture of human history of 6,000 years of man, but on the final day is the day of the Lord, when uh, the, the day rest of rest. And so this 1,000 years is that seventh day of history where the earth enters into her rest. After the second coming of Christ, there will be a 40-day interval before the official start of the Messianic Kingdom. And this time is necessary for all the preparations for the mes- for the millennial kingdom, uh, and that includes the wedding su- the wedding feast and uh, there 's a number of resurrections and judgments of men and angels, and everything that goes with the establishment of a new government system in the millennium you know app- appointments to positions of authority, instructions by Christ to his leaders as to how this is going to be. Be run, and also there are many geographical uh, structural changes to be made in Israel and probably across the world. The whole earth is going to be restored to be like the Garden of Eden, and also there'll be a new temple that built described at the end of the Book of Ezekiel. And uh, it's interesting that in the original um, run of the seventieth week of Daniel, after the resurrection, there were forty days when Jesus appeared to his disciples to instruct them and prepare them for the next age. And in the same way, in the rerun of Daniel's 70th week, there will be this 40-day interval during which uh, Christ will prepare his leaders for the coming that uh, is going to happen for, for the new administration. Well, an interval between the second coming and the official start of the kingdom is... Uh, evident from Daniel chapter 12 it says from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation set up that's at mid-tribulation there will be 1290 days and, and then after that is the second coming Then it says, blessed is he who waits and comes to the end of 1,335 days. So this is talking about um, some extra time uh, afterwards. During this time, Christ will choose the citizens of his new kingdom. That's the sheep rather than the goats. And so there will be the judgment and removal of all the unbelievers from the earth. That's the goats. And, And so those who make it alive to the end of those final 40 days... Of, um, of the 1,335 days are called the blessed by Daniel because these remaining believers are truly blessed to enter and inherit the millennium and we read that very words in the uh, Jesus, by Jesus in Matthew 25. He said, then the king will say to those on the right hand, that's the sheep, the believers, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so they, they inherit that promised kingdom. And they'll have a wonderful time during those 1,000 years. Uh, the period of the desecration of the temple is 1,000 290 days, and that's from when the, the abomination is set up. And this must end on the day that Jesus returns. But there are still another 45 days to account for in the reckoning of 1,335 days. Uh, and um, the start of the 1,335 days, because it's the total time period of Daniel 12, it must start on the day when Daniel 12 begins, which is when Antichrist invades Israel at mid-tribulation and kills the two witnesses. And that's the whole setting of Daniel 12. And so this period starts three and a half days. Remember the two witnesses were killed and resurrected after three and a half days. Um, And then the abomination was set up. So there's a three and a half day period here. Then the abomination is set up. And then you have the 1290 days. On top of that you have to add in the special day of the Lord's coming, second coming. And remember because the sun was stopped for 12 hours it actually counts as one and a half days. Um, Because the sun was stopped for 12 hours when Jesus returned. And so the three and a half days and the one and a half days makes five days that's five days of the 45, and that leaves the 40 days to run at the end. And so this leaves 40 days from the second coming until the millennium starts. Thus, the 1,335 days consists of three and a half days before the abomination, then the 1,290 days of the Great Tribulation, then the one and a half days, as it were, of the second coming, and then the 40 days of preparation for the millennium. During these 40 days there are various judgments as well as the Antichrist and, and his armies being killed and all the believers, all the unbelieving goats being removed from the earth so that only the sheep, the believers remain to possess the kingdom. This is also the time in this interval for Satan, his angels and his demons to be removed from the earth and they will be bound and thrown into the, into the abyss, into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Well, Revelation 20 says this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and the great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Satan will be bound in the abyss. And he threw him into the abyss. And shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer till the thousand years were completed. But after these things he must be released for a short time. So again already we see the thousand years being marked out. Notice it only takes one angel to bind uh, Satan and throw him into the abyss. Probably Michael the archangel. This is actually the fourth fall of Satan. ...from the earth's surface to the abyss under the earth. The first fall was from heaven to the earth's atmosphere. The The second fall of Satan was at the cross when he, was, uh, he lost his, his authority. Um, the third fall of Satan happens at mid-tribulation when he's cast down to the earth's surface. The fourth fall of ser- Satan is this one where he's thrown into the abyss under the earth... The fifth fall is when he's taken out of that and thrown into the lake of fire at the end of the thousand years. He will only be thrown in the lake of fire after the thousand years. We'll see that later in Revelation 20. That's his fifth and final fall since the lake of fire is his final everlasting habitation. Revelation 20 only mentions... Satan is bound but it follows that all his angels will be also at this time and Isaiah 24 makes that clear that all the fallen angels and demons will suffer the same fate of being thrown in the pit it says it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will punish on high the host of exalted ones that's the fallen angels and on the earth the kings of the earth that's, that's men they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit and will be shut up in the prison That's unbelieving men in Hades, fallen angels also in prison in Hades under the earth. And it says that after many days, that's after a thousand years, they will be punished. In other words, after a thousand years, they will stand before the judge who will then release them into their final everlasting punishment in the lake of fire. So this... is, this pit is just a holding prison until the time of their final punishment in the lake of fire a thousand years later. So in the millennium Satan and his angels will not be active on the earth. There will be no demonic deception or spiritual interference and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. It's going to be wonderful. As a result of this removal of the satanic powers, Isaiah 25 says... He will swallow up the covering. There's a covering of darkness over the earth right now, which is over all peoples, even the veil. It's a veil of deception, which is stretched over all nations. This will be removed, and it will be a totally open heaven. And this shows again that now, while we can bind and restrain the satanic powers over the world system, we cannot remove them from their position. This will only be done by Christ himself. You know, when he returns. It's interesting that when Jesus came, the demons knew that Jesus was their judge, and they were afraid that he had come to punish them by throwing them into the pit, into the place of torment. They were afraid that Jesus would destroy them. That's why they begged them. What have I got to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, you do not torment me. And then another verse says, have you come to torment us before the time? So it seems that they knew it wasn't yet the time for this to happen but when this time is up all the demons will be thrown into the pit and in Luke 8.31 it says that they begged him, these demons begged him that they would not command them to go into the abyss so they knew their destiny was going to go into this pit and so they asked Jesus not to throw them in there and when he cast them out of course the pigs went into the sea which is actually a symbol of the abyss the, the word means the deep um, and so it was a symbolic prophecy that he will actually cast them into the deep, into the abyss, at in due time. Well, another event that takes place at this time is the resurrection of the tribulation martyrs and the Old Testament saints. Uh, they and once they're resurrected, like as with us, they will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and receive their eternal reward. Um, and this will happen just like the church receives the eternal rewards at the rapture. And part of these rewards will be their positions of authority uh, in the millennium. Now, the Old Testament saints, first of all, are not discussed in Revelation, but they, Isaiah twenty six nineteen makes it clear that they are resurrected at the second coming of Christ. It says, Your dead shall live together with my dead body. Isaiah himself is talking will be resurrected. They shall arise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust, for your dew is like the dew of herbs, a fresh, which represents the dew represents a fresh beginning at the dawning of a new day, and the earth shall cast out its dead, its dead bodies, and in the context, this resurrection of believers is returned to the is linked. To the return of Christ. It says. Come my people. Enter your chambers. Shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself as it were. For a little moment. Till the indignation is past. So this is the remnant being protected. In the great tribulation. For behold. The Lord comes out of his place. To punish the inhabitants of the earth. For their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood. And will no longer cover her slain. All sins will be revealed. Before the judge. And so. And so. Old Testament saints, like Isaiah, are resurrected at the second coming. So the order of events is the tribulation, then the second coming, then the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. So when we read in Revelation 20 verse 4, it says, Then I saw thrones, and they, doesn't say who, but we can deduce it, they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And these people already on thrones must be the church and the Old Testament saints who've already been resurrected and given positions of authority to reign with Christ for a thousand years. And depending on their faithfulness they will be given uh, a certain authority in their reigning with Christ. And then Revelation 4 goes on to describe the resurrection of the tribulation martyrs after the second coming. And this is clearly a different group from the church which has already been resurrected. It says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their forehead or hand, and they came to life, they are resurrected, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So these tribulation martyrs are now resurrected as a separate group from the church after the second coming. Now, if a post-trib rapture is true, these would have already been raised as part of the church at the second coming. Uh, and they would meet the Lord, as it were, on the way down. But um, it, it proves that they are not part of the church, as on all views, the church was resurrected at or before the second coming. So these tribulation marks, martyrs are a different group from the church, and they're resurrected separately, because they're not part of the church age. Now, all believers will have been raised, but the unbelievers... In other words, at this stage now, that the tribulations have been, martyrs have been raised, all believers are now resurrected. But unbelievers are still in the state of physical death. And that's why it goes on to say, but the rest of the dead, that's the unbelievers, did not live again. They're not resurrected until the thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection. In other words, this completes the first resurrection. The first resurrection is in stages, the resurrection of Christ, the church, the two witnesses, the 144,000, the Old Testament saints, and now the tribulation martyrs. This completes the first resurrection. That's the resurrection of believers because it goes on to say, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. In other words, believers. Over such the second death, which is the lake of fire, has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him for a thousand years, praise God. And so this makes it clear that unbelievers are not part of the first resurrection of believers. They're not raised till after the thousand years in the second resurrection. So during the millennium, only unbelievers are in a state of death, their spirits are in Hades. All unbelievers will now be resurrected and they'll be reigning with Christ in the kingdom as his bride. The bride will be the queen who reigns alongside the king. And meanwhile, Satan and his angels are removed from the earth. And our home will be the new Jerusalem in heaven, but our work will be on earth to rule and reign. But with our resurrection bodies, it's no problem commuting between heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says that all men will be resurrected, but not all at the same time. There are two fundamental resurrections, two groups the resurrection of righteous to eternal life, and the resurrection of the wicked to eternal condemnation. And so there are two, fundamentally, two resurrections. And it's Revelation 20 that tells us that these two resurrections are separated by a thousand years. And it clearly identifies the first resurrection as believers. They're resurrected before the thousand years, but the rest, unbelievers, are resurrected after the thousand years. That is the second resurrection. And so the resurrections at the second coming complete the first resurrection, the believers. So Now, what about those who, who are born in the millennium? Well, no believers will die in the millennium because Christ will remove the curse of sickness from the earth. Only, the only ones who die will be unbelievers who are die by capital punishment uh, if they rebel against Christ. Now when the thousand years are over these believers don't need a resurrection you see because they just need to be changed into an immortal body just like those who are alive at the rapture will receive a new body without going through death. And so Jesus talked of the two resurrections in John 5. He said do not marvel at this. The hour is coming when all those in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done good to the resurrection of life, those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. There are two resurrections. Revelation 20 makes it clear. They're separated by a thousand years. Acts 24 says, there will certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. And so after death is a private judgment actually that, where it's determined which way you'll go, your eternal state and destiny. And then after your resurrection, that is a public judgment that will determine your degree of reward if you're a believer or your degree of punishment if you are an unbeliever. Those in the first resurrection avoid the second death, which is the lake of fire, and they'll be judged for rewards and given their measure of glory. Those in the second resurrection are judged and sent to the second death, the lake of fire. God's resurrection program is actually summarized in 1 Corinthians 15. And it gives the breakdown of the first resurrection first and then the second resurrection. It's in stages. It says, each in his own order. And this word is the military word for rank or troop. In other words, there's a military procession of resurrections. The men are divided into different troops. All will be raised but in one troop after another different companies now is Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who've fallen asleep for since by man came death by man also came the resurrection from the dead as in Adam all die even so in Christ all shall be made alive but each one in his own order in his own company so first we have Christ the firstfruits that includes all those who are raised with Christ at his, uh, Matthew 27 talks about this at his resurrection as part of the first fruits offering then he says afterwards those who are Christ at his coming and this covers all the rest of believers at the, at the rapture at the uh, mid tribulation the two witnesses and the 144,000 and then the Old Testament saints and the tribulation martyrs at his second coming and then finally it says then comes the end and this is the end of time after the thousand years when all the unbelievers will be raised in the second resurrection and at that point death will be completely defeated because everyone will be resurrected he says then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father and he puts an end to all rule and authority and power for he must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet the last enemy that will be destroyed is death and now death is destroyed and now we enter the eternal state so believers in the millennium will not die, but at the end of the millennium, they will receive a changed, glorified body. Well, during the 40 days, Jesus will also restore the earth. Uh, In the tribulation, he'll re-sculpture Israel. He will remove the curse to what it was like before the fall in the Garden of Eden. He will regenerate the earth. Um, It's called the regeneration, actually. The restoration of the earth. Restored to what it was like before the fall. Great geographical changes will be made, so that the glory of God, shining from Jerusalem, will will be seen everywhere. For instance, it says, "Make straight in the desert a highway; every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low; the crooked places made straight, the rough places pr- smooth, so that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh will see it together." Um, We've, in Zechariah 14 it describes some changes that in Israel that there will be a large valley created through the Mount of Olives so that waters will flow um, to the East and West Seas from Dead Sea and Mediterranean. It says, then the Lord will fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battles. His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives and it will be split in two from East to West making a very large valley Half will go to the north, half to the south. And then in that day it will be that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem to the eastern sea, the dead sea, and to the western sea, the Mediterranean. In summer and winter it will occur, and the Lord will be king over all the earth. And in Ezekiel 47 we see this river flowing out of the, um, the temple, um, bringing the dead sea to life. And uh, again dramatically it says in verse 10 that he changes the whole region around Jerusalem into a plain and and then raises Jerusalem into a high mountain a high plateau top mountain with Jerusalem on top and it says all the land will be turned into a plain from Geba to Rimmon south of Jerusalem Jerusalem will be raised up and inhabited in her place. The people will dwell in it and no longer will there be utter destruction but Jerusalem safely inhabited. So all the land sinks becoming a plain and Mount Zion is raised up high. And this mountain with Jerusalem and the temple on the top will become the center of the world government during the millennium and the center of the worship. And Jerusalem and Israel will be, um, Jerusalem and the temple will be visible from everywhere in Israel. Uh, And so the the landscape will completely be changed. And this river then will flow out from this elevated city. There will be waterfalls down this mountain. And it will then flow into the Mediterranean and Dead Seas to water the land. And Israel will be restored to be the most beautiful and fertile place on earth. The mountain of the Lord's house will be the tallest of the mountains, the center of world government and worship. Isaiah says, it will come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and be exalted above the hills and all nations will flow to it. Many people will come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion will go forth the law. The law of the kingdom, will, will, will center of government will be from this mountain. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he will judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. It will be a time of perfect peace under the rulership of of the Lord Jesus. Jerusalem will be the world capital and a thousand years of peace and prosperity and spiritual uh, glory will be there because Satan is removed from the earth. Jesus will rule from Jerusalem, from the throne of David. On this mountain will be the temple, and Jerusalem, and Christ's throne. And Ezekiel 40 talks about this. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel, and set me on a very high mountain, and on it toward the south was something like the structure of a city. That's Jerusalem on top of this mountain. From the heart of this city On the central high point of this 50-mile square plateau mountain, can you imagine, will be the Millennial Temple, described in great detail at the end of Ezekiel, with a river flowing out of it, cascading down the mountain in beautiful waterfalls, watering the land, just like the Garden of Eden. Joel talks about this. He says the mountains will drip with new wine. The hills will flow with milk and all the brooks of Judah will be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Acacias. So the land of Israel will also be greatly enlarged from its present size and Israel will therefore occupy all the land that God promised to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And in the millennium you see all of God's Unconditional, everlasting covenants will be fulfilled to israel to god 's glory, and so the Old Testament prophets gave great detail about this wonderful time called the millennium, the messianic age the Revelation 20 doesn't need to add much more detail because it's already there in the prophets. But Revelation 20 does tell us the key missing information from the prophets, which is it will last a thousand years. He also confirms that Satan and his angels will be removed from the surface of the earth into the abyss. It's going to be one of the most glorious times of history. My series on the book of Revelation, which goes right from the beginning all the way through to the end, verse by verse, was actually 29 messages in all of half an hour. And we've had requests that uh, people can have the whole series together. So we've put these series on seven DVDs and you'll get all 29 episodes on seven DVDs and it will be 70 pounds. And you will have all of those teachings together on that DVD series, which you can use to to show in in home groups and in different contexts. So let me encourage you to get the whole series. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox x 37 qh You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086